0: Righto, kick it in the guts, Trev. Gumboots, they are wonderful. Gumboots, they are swell. Cos they keep out the water and they keep in the smell. And when you're sitting round at home, you can always tell when one of the Trevs has taken off his gumboots. If it weren't for your gumboots, where would hospital or infirmary, because you would have a dose of the flu or even pleurisy if you didn't have your feet in your gumboots. Now there's rugby boots and racing boots and boots for drink and rum, but the only boots I'm never without are the ones that start with gum. I've got short ones and long ones and some up to me belt, I'm never dressed till I've got on me gumboots if it works. Hospital or infirmary, because
1: you would have the of the flu or even pleurisy if you didn't have your feet in your gumboots. Whenever I sing at the opera, my gumboots are a must. They help me hit the high notes
2: and protect my feet from the dust. They keep the water willowy. away. To so me, voice won't get no rust. You won't not never see me without me gumboots. If it weren't for your gumboots, where would
0: you be? You'd be in the hospital or infirmary, because you would have a dose of the flu. if they keep on the way they're going, we'll all be interred, so you'd better get your feet up your gumboots, if it weren't for your gumboots, where would you be, you'd be in the hospital or infirmary, but you would have a dose of the flu or even blue.
3: start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three...
4: Welcome to this edition of Waffle on Podcast, a tribute to John Clark. On Monday, the tenth of April, at three seventeen in the morning, I received a text from a good friend in Australia. Due to time differences, this isn't out of the ordinary, so I left reading it until a couple of hours later when I'd be getting ready to leave the house. So, a quarter past five, I read the text message that would leave me numb for the rest of the day, and it simply said this: sad news. Not sure if this will make it mainstream media over there. John Clark, 1948-2017 to Ed, who sent me the text, was one of the few people who knew that I had been in regular contact with John since August 2014. I do not have the gall to suggest that we were friends, but we built up a connection in those two and a half years. There's a wonderful tribute show on ABC, and it is available on YouTube, and that link will be on our Facebook page and in the show notes. This is an episode of Waffle On on how I got to know John and why I found him to be not only a funny and brilliant creative, but a very kind and patient man as well. I really got into John's work when I was reintroduced to him by one of my best mates and regular Waffle On co-host, Pete Coleman. He lent me his copy of the games, and from that moment on, from the very first episode, I adored it. There was two series of the games, and both of them are wonderful. John's performance, alongside that of Gina Riley and his long-time friend and work colleague Brian Dorr is marvellous, and I cannot stress enough how you would enjoy this brilliant TV series. John and his writing partner of the Games, Ross Stevenson, was going to do a London Olympics follow-up and even had the BBC get in touch with them and watch the episodes. Sadly, the BBC didn't go through with it and then made their own version, which is spookily very similar to that. So I refused to watch it and its follow-up. W12. John made light of it by putting the whole tale on his website but you can tell it kind of irked him and Ross slightly. I got more into John's humour but something at the back of my memory niggled me and it wasn't until I did what I normally do and go researching people's back catalogue that the memory suddenly burst into life. When I was 12 I was given a mixtape of Australian humour while on a scout camp. I'd always had a closeness with everything Australian since my mum and dad was an hour away from moving there and settling down and then suddenly not going. For me, I was so close to being an Aussie that I lapped up everything and anything from down under, although now Rolf Harris has been wiped from my mind. On that tape, it mainly consisted of a programme called the Wild World of Sports by the Twelve Man, otherwise known as the brilliant Billy Birmingham. Some sketches as well featured Barry Humphreys and a couple of sketches featuring a Kiwi called Fred Dagg who sung about gumboots and had a lot of sons called Trev. I found it funny, but I have to be honest, I lent more towards the world of Billy Birmingham at the time. In 2005, on my first visit to Australia, I asked Ed to take me to a store selling comedy records, in desperation to find the wild world of sports. We didn't find it, and I later picked it up along with the Fred Dagg CD and his first film, in which he plays an Aussie expat with an impressive ginger moustache called The Adventures of Barry McKenzie. I got these from Amazon at home, but part of me blames the beer and blurred vision for the lack of findings. Now Peter's introduction to the games came at the same time as I became friends with Stefan Sornock, an Australian writer and producer who employed me to help write a science fiction audio play. I started at episode 13 and carried on writing that show until the very end at episode 33. We soon became writing partners and I pitched the idea of writing a science fiction stro political comedy satire film. I'd already had experience of script writing, and my talents, if I'm honest, always leaned more towards comedy and satire. It took a year and a half to develop the script and create the character of Harold Mackenzie. There's a little nod there to John, if you notice, with Harold's last name, Mackenzie. Now, I'd watched the entire series of Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister so I could get the edge on satire. I love conversational writing, so stuff like The Office and The Games were incredibly influential. I wrote the character of Harold with John's voice in my head. The character became more based on him than I vowed to try and get him to play the role. Of course, I'm fully aware on how you pitch a TV series or a film and the two golden rules are is that you don't write a character based on an actor and you never ever get in touch with that actor directly. Now the script had been completed and like many things was pushed aside as we started work on other projects but I adored the script and I knew it had something to offer. So I mentioned to Peter and to Stefan my idea of just emailing John and seeing what would happen. And so I did some research and found a production company and various other agents' addresses. So I wrote an email on the 1st of August 2014 and was surprised to receive a reply three hours later from the very man himself. Now, this was not what was supposed to happen. <laughs> he was immediately very friendly And that's whereabouts I was, and once I told him I was on the other side of the world, he joked that popping round for a coffee was probably not possible. And from then on, we communicated near on every month about the script, about his work, and the odd family chat. He was often very busy writing scripts and working on his weekly show with Brian Dore as part of the Clark and Dore series, a 10-minute skit based around an incident that happened in that week in the world of politics, with John always playing the centre character, but never doing the impression, while Brian asks the questions with precise comedy detail. You can find them all on YouTube, just look for uh, Clark and Daw. Now mine, and of course Peter's favourite sketch, is this one. And it's called The Front Fell Off.
3: Senator Collins, thanks for coming in. It's a great pleasure, thank you. This ship that was involved in the incident off Western Australia this week... Yeah, the one the front fell off? Yeah. Yeah, that's not very typical. I'd like to make that point. Well, how is it untypical? Well, there are a lot of these ships going around the world all the time, and very seldom does anything like this happen. I just don't want people thinking that tankers aren't safe. Was this tanker safe? Well, I was thinking more about the other ones. The ones that are safe? Yeah, the ones the front doesn't fall off. Well, but if this wasn't safe, why did it have 80,000 tonnes of oil on it? Well, I'm not saying it wasn't safe. It's just perhaps not quite as safe as some of the other ones. Why? Well, some of them are built so the front doesn't fall off at all. Well, wasn't this built so the front wouldn't fall off? Well, obviously not. How do you know? Because the front fell off and 20,000 tonnes of crude oil spilled into the sea, caught fire. It's a bit of a giveaway. I just like to make the point that that is not normal. Well, what sort of standards are these uh, oil tankers built to? Oh, very rigorous maritime engineering standards. What sort of thing? Well, the front's not supposed to fall off for a start. And what other things? Well, there are uh, regulations governing the uh, materials that they can be made of. What materials? Well, cardboard's out. And? No cardboard derivatives. Like paper? No paper. No string, no sellotape. Rubber? No, rubber's out. Um, they've got to have a steering wheel. There's a minimum crew requirement. What's the minimum crew? Oh, one, I suppose. So the allegations that they're just designed to carry as much oil as possible, and oh, all the consequences, I mean, that's ludicrous. Absolutely isn't it? ludicrous. These are very, very strong vessels. So what happened in this case? Well, the front fell off in this case, by all means, but it's very unusual. But, Senator Collins, why did the front book fall off? Well, a wave hit it. A wave hit it? A wave hit the ship. Is that unusual? Oh, yeah. At sea chance in a million. So what do you do to protect the environment in cases well, like this? The right? ship was towed outside the environment. Into another environment? No, no, no. It's been towed beyond the environment. It's yeah, not in it the environment. A... No, but from one environment to another environment. No, it's beyond the environment. It's not in an environment. It well, has it been towed be beyond the environment. Well, what's out there? Nothing's out there. Well, there must be something. Out there is there. nothing out there. All there is is sea and birds and fish. And? And 20,000 tons of crude oil. And what else? And a fire. And anything else? And the part of the ship that the front fell off. But there's nothing else out there. Senator Collins, thanks it's for the joining complete us. complete void. Yeah, we're out of time. The environment's perfectly safe. We're out of time? Yeah. Can you book me a cab? But didn't you come in a Commonwealth car? Yes, I did. But what happened? Well, the front fell off.
4: Now, during our communications, I picked up more of John's work and, as always, played it on my iPad, and it's been a constant support during boring work days. Now, the sketch that never stops me laughing... It's called Parliamentary Broadcast. It does all the voices in it. And I want to play that for you now.
2: I want to say to the member. Yes, yeah, quite right. I want to say to the member. Has the member read the estimates at all? Of course. of course, Has he read the estimates right. at all? It is right. clear, Mr. Speaker, I don't think read them. That if he has read them. That's if right. the member has... I want to say... Is the member? Yes, right, right. I have to say to the member that yeah, yeah. has the member read the estimates at all? Of course, of course. Has, of course has he read that? the estimates at all? Of course, sir, it sir. is clear, Mr. Speaker, that if he has read them, has if the member has even taken the trouble to read the yeah, estimates, then sir, no, he wouldn't then, have sir. done that. He has not read them very well. Oh, he's shame, shame! Well. shame he's not shame, read them very well. Shame, he does not read them very well at
0: Hello,
2: hello. And, uh, uh, oh. I want to say that if he has read the estimates at all, has. then sir. His understanding of those estimates is very, very poor. Very poor, very poor. Very poor. Very It's a sad day for New Zealand democracy, sir. When members get up, has yes. the member got up? Yes. Who just got down, got up? Yes. and sir, uh, made unnecessary diatribes. Have ignorance! Oh, That's, what That's what they
0: are!
2: That's what they are. That's Order! That. That's Order! 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 Diatribe, yes, the member has tried, sir, to lead this house astray, yes. to lead yes. astray the public of New Zealand on many occasions, sir, and I have some figures there on the last occasion when the member, yes, the member may laugh, the member may laugh, sir, but I don't think the public is amused. No, I, don't. I don't think the people of New Zealand are laughing. No, I, don't laughing. laughing. I don't think they're laughing they're at all, sir. No, the member may laugh. <laughs> if the member laughs. Still laughing at you. Then sir, being they on his he own head. He can laugh on his own head, sir. Laugh yeah, on yeah. yours, sir. On your yeah, I know the public won't fall for it. Yeah. They won't fall for it! They won't fall for it! They won't fall for it! Sir, nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. I come, sir! Order. Tell Order. The to run the middle under discussion. I want to right. speak to this! with utmost mysteriousness. Sir, the member doesn't have the brains of a sheep. Oh, sir, oh, sir, sir,
0: sir, 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 I, do, I think that's unparliamentary. Uh, withdraw. Withdraw. Is, uh, yes, sir, yes.
2: Yes, thank
0: you thank you very much, sir, uh, Yes, I th- for I th- your guidance, I think, Mr Speaker, I, I think that, in this manner. I think be, thank be, you think, very much, uh, sir, for your I, guidance. I retract dignity of the health and withdraw. Yes, yes, in an
2: unqualified work. Thank, you, you, thank, you. Member, sir, thank you,
0: thank you. The member, sir, does not have the brains of Richard. He think does you. not sir. have the brains uh, of Richard. Well, no, no. Now,
2: sir, if, the member is serious in saying, that Parliament should not be broadcast to the country. Terrible, terrible. Then the member is perilously close yes, to making a remark very, very similar, very similar to the type of remarks that we heard in Germany during the 30s. Here, here. In Germany, sir, here, here. during the 30s. Let me know what happened then. Yes. We know what happened there. It is absolutely border. essential that the board of New Zealand border. have the opportunity sir, yeah. to hear government in action, hear government in operation, yeah. oh, yeah. government going on. Absolutely essential. Absolutely Absolutely it. Yeah. 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 And, sir, yes. if the member is serious, experts. Yes, I'm sorry. If the members seriously expect that... Good heavens! Good ...that the public of New Zealand should yeah. not hear this Then, now. sir, I read you to suggest... <laughs> to ...that he recall Germany during the Third. Yeah. Germany during the thirties? Yeah. And indeed Italy. And indeed Italy. And indeed, Italy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Wonderful speech. Yes, sir. i just like to say, in conclusion, sir... That in many my, my many years uh, in this house, too many. My too many, many years, years, years in this house, valuable service, valuable service. Sir. Longer sir, than the previous speaker. Too Longer, than the, member, sir. Longer than the years. member. Longer than the member. Longer than the member. Sir. Longer than the member. In my many years in this house, I have never heard. Have never I have heard. never ever heard anything. You've never heard anything. Hold on. I have never heard, heard that. And Hold uh, on. I, I order. might order. say that that me being here. Jerome takes the position. Take, take, takes that. It's absolutely typical of the member. The typical of the member. Order. In my ears and now, prison I have never heard, heard such rubbish hear, hear. as I've heard there in the last five or six <laughs> years. <laughs> That's you! In my <laughs> life, I've heard You've such d- talking for five minutes! Order. You've been talking yeah. for five minutes! Order.
0: Order. 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 Now the time has come for the... Speaker to leave the chair.
4: Now John has appeared in many films and TV shows, you can find it all on AMDB, but for me the games will always be the one that stands out.
1: Nice seeing you. Now Mr
3: Wilson, we've got a problem haven't we? A
1: problem, eh?
3: That is not good. No, this is not good at all Mr Wilson.
1: What sort of a problem?
3: Well I'm right aren't I in assuming that you put that athletics track in.
1: Yes, that's right.
3: Now, did you do this to
1: specifications, Mr Wilson? Yes. Are they the specifications there, Mr Wilson? Yes, that's them. Good.
3: Now, Mr Wilson, have you measured the 100 metres
1: track? Yes, of course. Well, let me ask you, how long is it? How long is the 100 metres track? Yes. It's a 100 metres track. Yeah,
3: I know what it is, Mr Wilson. I'm asking you how long it is. It's about 100 metres. It's about 100 metres long. Yes. How long should it be, Mr Wilson?
1: That's about the length it should be.
3: Yeah, about 100 metres long. Mm-hmm.
1: Is the 200 metres track about 200 metres long? Well, the 200 metres track is different. Isn't it twice as long as the 100 metres? Well, the 200 is different. No, so, no, no, you've lost us, Mr Wilson. Well, the 200 metres track is part of the 400 metres track. Well, how long's the 400 metres track, Mr Wilson? Well, the 400 metres starts round here in the back straight, finishes up here at the finish line. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, a staggered no, no, start.
3: No, no. not familiar with the event itself, Mr Wilson. What I'm trying to ascertain is: Are you absolutely sure that the 200 metres track is 200 metres long? Yes, that's right. Yeah, because it's half the 400 metres track, which is 400 metres long.
1: That's right. The 200 metres is half the 400 metres. You can measure it.
3: Yeah. No. 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 But the 400 metres track is exactly 400 metres long, is it? That's right. So the 200 metres track is exactly 200 metres long. Yes, of course. But what you're telling me is that the 100 metres track is about 100 metres long.
1: Slightly different arrangement to the 100 metres track. Is a
3: metre a slightly different concept, is it, in 100 metres as against 200? Well, I don't understand, Mr. Wilson, quite why, in the construction of a 100 metres track, you would want to depart too radically from the constraints laid down for us by the conventional calibration of distance.
1: Well, the 100 metres track is not part of the 400 metres track, it starts way out there.
3: Mr Wilson, it doesn't matter whether it's horizontal or vertical. 100 metres is 100 metres.
1: No two 100 metres tracks are ever the same. Everybody knows that. Well,
3: how long is our 100 metres track?
1: Look, what's the point?
3: The point, Mr Wilson, is that in 739 days, we're going to have the Olympic 100 metres final on that track. This is an event that'll be watched by about 600 million of the world's most dedicated rugged individualists. You and I both know it's going to be run on a track that's not 100 metres long. How do you know that? Mr Wilson, do you know who is the current 100 metres all-comers Australian record holder? No. Can I guess? Oh, there's not much point in guessing, Mr Wilson.
1: Is he an African-American? He's not no. an African-American, no. Mr. Is he that Canadian from Jamaica? No, he's, no, he's not, not, not a Canadian, Canadian from Jamaica, no. No.
3: I give up. The uh, 100 hundred metres record in this country, Mr Wilson, is currently held by Brian. Brian? Yes.
1: yes. yeah. Congratulations. Thank you.
3: And you, Mark, Mr Wilson, set at a blistering session last Wednesday. I wish you'd been there. We were down there and we had a bet. Is this wind assisted? system? No, and we'd had a couple, and in my view, Brian's not in quite the nick he was at the same stage of last
1: season. So you've measured the track? Yeah, we've yeah. measured the track, Mr Wilson. So you know how long the 100 metres track is? Yes, we, long we long is. do. Yeah. OK. How long is it, Mr Wilson? You know how long it is. I want to hear you, you say it. Ninety-four meters. Ninety-four, 94 meters.
3: meters. Ninety-four meters. Well, we've got a new event, haven't we, Mr. Wilson? The ninety-four meters. In fact, we've got two new events, haven't we? The ninety-four meters for men and the ninety-four meters for women. Hang on. Would that replace the hundred meters,
1: or is this a new event? Because there'd be a cost element here, wouldn't it? That'd be in place of the hundred meters. Why is Why? that? You don't have a hundred meters event. You haven't got a hundred meters track.
4: In January this year, we chatted again about various things and we couldn't fix a time to work on the script into his schedule. He could easily have got one of his personnel to email me saying he couldn't do it, but he didn't. I was disappointed, of course, that we wouldn't be able to work together, but he was left open for other opportunities. And sadly, those now will never take place. A few weeks later, I received an email from an agency in London, and if I had a reference for my script work, I would have a chance of working with them. I already had a professional reference from Stefan as our work had been published, but I kind of wanted also to see if I could get John to do it, so I asked him, and as he'd been contemplating the script for 18 months, I thought, God, it's worth it. Again, like the first time he communicated, he got straight back in touch. He'd been ill with the virus at the time and so had been in hiding, but still had time to reply, and he did, indeed, write me a lovely letter offering advice on the script, and also, Slightly interwoven, there was praise for the eyes of any prospective employer. Again, he didn't have to do that, but he did it without any complaint. The other night, as mentioned earlier, ABC broadcast a lovely tribute which featured Brian Doyle, Ross Stevenson, Sam Neill and his daughters, Lucia and Lauren. And one of his daughters said something so poignant that my wife nudged me and smiled. She said, if you felt you had a connection with him... Then you did. And yes, I did have a connection with him, and for that I'm truly grateful. Happily though, he has left us with over forty years worth of wonderful material from Fred Dagg to the Games, from the Giles Report to Clark and Or, from Death in Brunswick to Crackerjack. And do you know what? We don't know how lucky we are.
1: Uh, now the delegate from New Zealand, Mr. Fred Dagg.
3: At the dawn of the day in the great southern ocean, when the world's greatest fish was being landed and the boat they were pulling it into was sinking... The sea was quite lumpy and the weather was foul and the bloke with the map was as pissed as an owl and the boys called out, Maui, you clown, let it go. In the noise, he reached down for his grandmother's jawbone and he winked at his mates and said, Boys, we don't know how lucky we are. I have a feeling I have stumbled on something substantial. We don't know. Bruce Bayless, actually, who uh, lives up our way. He's been away on around the world 8th army do for a year, more or less. I said, describe the global position, Bruce. He said, Fred, it's a mess. We don't know. Have- left too. I said, you're looking odd, mate, you're looking queer. What are you going to do? He said, we don't know how that And I reckon come what may, if things get appallingly bad and we're all under constant attack, remember we want to see good clean ball and for God's sake, feed your bats. We don't know how fortunate we are to have that place. We don't know how propitious are the circumstances, Frederick.
0: We don't know.